What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Alrighty, welcome back to the show. So today I have a very special guest. His name is Lance Ingram. Lance is a live music enthusiast. Since attending his first concert in 2005, he has attended more than 750 concerts. In 2019, he attended his personal best at a whopping 162 concerts. Lance hosts a podcast called Yesterday's Concert that is a unique love letter to live music. Your guide opens the pages to his personal jam journal to take you on a live music odyssey. Part concert review, part memoir, these stories feature thumping bass and screeching guitar riffs that will bring the excitement of live music to your podcast feed. And in fact, he's bringing that excitement to this podcast feed today. Lance, welcome to the show. Matt, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate you uh, you coming on today. So yeah, man, that's uh, quite, the, quite the intro. You, you sent me that, obviously. Yeah, but, but dude, I was reading it, and it's like, holy crap, man. I want to start with the, this 2019. That's almost like an average of a concert every two days, it seems like. How did that come to be as far as, um, you know, like, dude, and that sounds fairly, uh, fairly expensive, too, I guess. My first question with that is, because I, 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 I was reading this, uh, your bio there to my uh, fiance before I came on here, and she's like, is this, are those like stadium shows? You know, are they like the typical rock shows? Or are you, oh, is, yeah. was, is it like, uh, you know, nightclubs too? What did that look like, the 162 concerts of 2019? So actually, I have a breakdown of it yes. uh, on my website. I'm going to try to see if I can pull it up real fast. Oh, right. Uh, so I broke down like headliners, openers, all that stuff. So it's it's a pretty good breakdown. But but yeah, I mean, that was, uh, I mean, there was, you know, it wasn't just every couple of days. I mean, there was a couple of days where I saw like three shows in oh. one day. Like there was a, like, a, a, so like I went to see Dead and Company at Wrigley Field and I saw a pre-show. Uh, and then after the show, I went to an after show. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, get you cram them in. Sure. Uh, so 2019... Let's see, where is that? Uh, at the ho- there we go. Uh, so 2019, 140 unique artists, 71 festival sets, 49 headliners, 30 openers, 12 free shows, and 28 unique venues. Dude, that's so cool that you're keeping track of all this. And, and you know, kudos to you and throwing it up on your website there, which, of course, we'll, we'll you know, have in the show notes and all that. But uh, is that, I guess, when this started, was like when you went to concert number one in 2005, were you, did you have a journal? Like, were you like from day, concert one, have you been journaling all this and keeping track of all this? Not really. Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I, I have a pretty short term memory on a lot of things, but when it comes to concerts, I can pull out dates and set lists and different things just kind of off the top of my head. Like Interesting. Uh, there was one band I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, I've seen them on this day, this day and this day. And she's like, well, like, what's our anniversary for our first date? And I was like, uh, that's, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, it's just, I don't know why, but it's just, you know, I remember the things about these concerts and, uh, it, it, they just stick with me better than anything else for some reason. Including, yeah, the anniversary. Oh yes. Yes. So let's get into the set list. So it's uh, it's cool that you, for whatever reason that just sticks with you. 
But uh, getting into set list there, like, what is the uh, the art of the set list for you? Like, is it is it um, is that like a big <clears throat> thing for as far as like when you're a concert goer, as you are a concert enthusiast, is that something you're really paying attention to the flow of like a set list of a band, or you kind of just go like, do you have expectations, or do you just go in there and just kind of, you know, pick up on the vibe? Like, what is your concert going experience like these days, or how has it evolved over these years of all these concerts you've been going to? Yeah, man. That was a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll try to break them down. But the, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Yeah. That was great. It's a really great question. Uh, so the set list thing, it's uh, set list plays a really, really big part in shows. I think a lot bigger than a lot of people realize. Uh, a bad set list can ruin a show. Um, you know, I saw Bon Jovi in 2017 and he had a new album out earlier that year. And, you know, Bon Jovi, he's got hits on hits and he played like seven or eight songs in a row, all from his new album. It just completely killed the vibe. Uh, there was these two moms sitting next to me. They were obviously out on like a mommy's night out. You know, they they were wine drunk when they sat down. And then in the middle of the show, I hear them talking about bath towels. I'm like, you're so bored. You're at a Bon Jovi show talking about yeah. bath towels. You know, and that was all the set list. It was a fine performance, but the, you know, the set list was garbage. And I mean, I can think about, you know, when you've seen a band multiple times, you kind of go in with some anticipation of what the set's going to be. You kind of have some hopes, you know, especially if you're in like into jam bands like I am, like Grateful Dead and mm. Fish and stuff like that. You expect there to be some differences in the set list and it kind of spoils you because then you start like I can remember when I was heavy into jam bands, I saw Kiss and I was just like it was painfully obvious that they play the same set every single night. I mean, I even saw Kiss in 2019. I saw them three times in 2019 on part of their farewell tour and I saw them several months apart in between and it was interesting to see how their lack of enthusiasm progressed with each show mm. like the first show you could tell that it was pretty early in the tour and they were pretty excited about the sets the next show, show a little bit less and then that last show i saw they were going through the motions so it, it really set lists are huge like they're a really big part of the concert going experience and i mean and it's hard not to be jaded uh in a mm. lot of ways because you you the fan paid for the ticket so you want to hear the songs that you want to hear sure and so it's hard not to get upset when they don't play those songs or when they leave hits off the table like we saw the red hot chili peppers one year and they left i mean they had a ton of hits they didn't play but they played several songs off the new album and so as a person that paid 120 dollars to get into that show you're a little disappointed doesn't mean it's a bad show. You're just a little disappointed. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic. And, you know, I, I feel for artists, especially legacy artists. Um, we saw Neil Young one time and he he played a fair amount of the hits, but he also played a decent amount, probably 50-50 of the new stuff. Mm. And, you know, I, I mean, it's hard because he's been playing those songs for 40, 50 years. You got to be tired of them by that point. You know, I mean, I think of how many songs I'm tired of now, and I'm only 32 years old. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, for legacy artists, that's that's a hard thing to balance. And I kind of feel for them, you know, because that's people come to see you because you're a legacy artist. But, you know, you're still out there writing and working. So it's a hard balance. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you, you ran the, the gamut of questions there very well. I, uh, you know, it's like, it is, there's like, and that's what I kind of wanted to get into a little bit of like the expectation is the expectation of the, of the, the concert go to the fan. Like you say, you feel that you've paid essentially into this, uh, you know, this, this, um, you know, this expectation, you, you, you feel like justified in, in expecting, uh, certain songs, like your, your favorite songs, that Bon Jovi story you gave is this great. It's a like, really illustrates that. And then, but at the same token, if you're truly a fan of these artists, you got to realize that they, 
need to grow and they have that have that room to grow so but having said that like i think to your point it's like do you need to play seven songs in a row of this of this new stuff and it just sucks the air out of the room or can you just sort of like put it in these like transition points where there's a couple of the hits and find a good balance right so i've always been fascinated by yeah. the the art of the set list and it truly is it truly is the art of a set list so cool i wanted to kind of open with that it really is have you uh when you're talking jam bands that's super cool um have you have you found a jam band and kind of like followed them around because i know that's a, that's a big part of that sort of culture when you talk about the grateful dead or fish yeah it's really following them around and then it is a different yeah. experience every night and i would venture to say that's rare if ever that they phone it in at that point because they as artists are stimulated as well right so uh how, how, is, how has that looked for you have you followed fish yeah. around or any of these other kind of jam bands like that Uh, not like, I, I feel like my stories as far as following are pretty minuscule in comparison. Cause I mean, just those fans are so dedicated. And when, you know, when you're hanging out on the lots before a fish show, people have been on tour the entire time. Uh, one of my best friends and college roommates, he's seen fish 150 times since like 2009. Whoa. Uh, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, when I talk, so when I talk about going to see fish, I'm like, my story is nothing compared to that guy. Uh, so, I mean, like, I mean, the best, the best run I've done with fish was last year. I did five nights or five shows in six nights. Nice. Um, so it was like three, three States, you know, it was a nice little run. I've never done like a whole tour or a leg of a tour or anything like that. Um, it's always, I've never really been in a position financially or work-wise or anything like that where I could get away. Sure. Um, I know my buddy, I know my buddy that did, I, he did like pretty much all of one tour, part of another tour and like new years and stuff like that. Man. You know, I, I think he, he has saved up a good bit and worked his way towards that goal. Um, you know, the problem with me is I, I have a fairly broad taste in what I like and, you know, I see this band's coming to town. Well, I can't really stay on fish tour if I, you know, if I want to see that show at home. Um, and, you know, and I have a wife that I love and I like to spend time with. And, you know, six nights was really hard. Uh, you know, sure. I started definitely missing her and wanted to get back home to her. Um, so it, it's definitely harder now that I'm married to do something like that. But I mean, even like in college, there's a band called Moon Taxi. Um, they're kind of still kind of on the up and up, but they they started in the jam band community. Um, and I they were pretty, they were a bar band when I got into them and, you know, I got on first name basis with them and, you know, I would, they would do like four shows in Mississippi starting like on a Thursday through a Sunday and I would just follow them around. Um, you know, and a lot of times they would just get me in the show for free, you know, several of those, I was still underage. And so they would sneak me in a back door to get me into the show and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was really cool stuff like that, but To be more specific to your question, no, I've never jumped on tour like that or never done it to the extreme of the Deadheads and Fish fans. For sure. I mean, you know, that's still a pretty good leg, though. Like, it gives you a little taste of what these guys are. See, like, oh, yeah. you're already talking about, you know, missing your wife and all that after a week. And sure, fair enough, right? But it's just like, yeah, it gives you that little bit of a taste. You're like, man, these guys are going for yeah. another, like, 50 nights or whatever it may be, right? Pretty, oh, yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. Pretty crazy stuff. Well, Where- and it gives you a perspective... It- it gives you a perspective of what it's like to be a touring artist. Sure. Uh, I mean, just because, you know, the road, I mean, I was staying in hotels, I was working from my hotel and things like that, you know, and I'm trying to scrounge meals and, you know, it's hard being on the road like that. You know, it definitely gives you a perspective of what it's like. And then when you get into the venue, you know, just the expectations of the artist and everything like that. So it's definitely, you know, for them to have to perform night in and night out like that, especially when you have a three night run or something, 
you know, for them to challenge themselves to do better than the night before, that that's not easy. And, you know, major kudos to bands that can do that. Oh, absolutely. And you got to think it's like show business, like, you know, music, like to a lesser degree, but in the same vein as like, you know, being on a movie set, there's a lot of hurry up and wait, right? It's like, hurry up to get to the next town and then wait, wait for, you know, whatever yep. the sound system you get kind of yep. set up. And, you know, so there's a lot of like idle hands. So you can kind of see where bands sort of get into the troubles yep. with the, uh, you know, the, the extracurricular activities, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's, I had the benefit of having my laptop and work to do. There you so. go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess a little bit of a different time now where you kind of have, yeah, exactly, laptops or phones with you. Where, Lance, <laughs> where are you based out of? Uh, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, man. And so have you, have you always been there? Are you like born and raised? Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. No, I'm actually, I was born and spent the first 26 years of my life in Mississippi. Okay, um, yeah. So it was, uh, I grew up kind of kind of in the Jackson, Mississippi area. Then I moved up to Tupelo, uh, worked with the Elvis Presley product for a little while while I was no in way. Tupelo. Uh, and so then I moved cool. up to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. That's super yeah, cool. I was, yeah, uh, I was part of the part of the convention and visitors bureau. So really? part of my job responsibility was bringing people. Yeah, it was cool. I was uh, bringing people to Tupelo to visit the Elvis Presley like life that he wow. had while he was in Tupelo. That's amazing. Uh, so we would meet people. Yeah, we'd meet people from like Europe and Asia and like, so cool. you know, there we ran a, a Elvis fan page where we had, um, you know, I had, I met people that would literally like, we'd start messaging back and forth and then they would travel to Tupelo and they'd come in my offices and be like, we're here to see Lance. We know he's, we're, this is where no he works. So I'd go up and yeah, it, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so like Elvis fans are crazy. Like for yeah, sure, they're dude, crazy. for sure. Even to this day, like whatever, what was it a couple of years ago? I think it was like the was it the 40th anniversary of his or 45th anniversary of his passing? It's like it's been longer yeah. since longer now since he's passed away than he actually was as far as his age. Just this craziness, yeah. man. Yeah, and yet still like such an impact. He uh, undeniable. I'm sure you obviously have a fairly uh, biased oh, opinion yeah. of him, but like as an entertainer, oh, yeah. the charisma way ahead of his time. The fact oh, that he was yeah. like in his early 20s, being able to just kill it like that, like oh man, just nuts, right? Yeah. And the legacy yeah. is just unparalleled. So super cool. So Memphis, man. So okay, I could see where you could get a lot of concerts. <laughs> You're like the destination for a lot of these bands, so you can just sit back and wait for the bands to come yeah. to you in a lot of ways, right? That's super cool. Yeah, definitely. It's weird. Like 
you know, a lot of, uh, you know, my wife likes to get on real realtor.com and look at real estate at night just to kind of play around. And I, I like to get on Ticketmaster and kind of play around and look at what concerts are selling, what they're not selling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting to see how Memphis is kind of like, it's such a unique market in a lot of ways, but I mean, and we're just perfectly positioned between Little Rock, Nashville, St. Louis, New Orleans. We're just right in the dead middle of that. Right. Atlanta's a hop skip away. Yeah. Chicago's just right up the road. I mean, it's just, it's so central to everything. It's, it's almost like New York or something just in how right central it is totally totally yeah having nashville so close to you like man yeah you're like right in the the hot spot i could see where you can uh you know it really benefits somebody that loves live music like you i'm sure yeah let's definitely you mentioned Ticketmaster there what do you feel about um just the overall prices in, in tickets these days i mean even 2005 i remember i want to say in around that time period like early 2000s mid-2000s i'm like I will never pay a hundred dollars to see an artist. And then, you know, a few years later, it's like, uh, Neil Young comes to town. I'm like, oh man, I got to see him. It's like a hundred and it's like 150 bucks. I'm like, okay, Neil Young, I'll go see. And now it's just like, dude, I got like Rage Against the Machine tickets for 250 bucks. And I'm just like, ah, you know what I mean? But like, what's, I guess, what's your take on that? It's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but at the end of the day, I guess, like what, for somebody that like you, that's so enthusiastic about it, like, what is it about that is it sort of like an investment in your like even in your mental health like how do you how do you view that or justify mm -hmm. uh you know seeing like you know as many concerts as you do i'm sure it's a pretty penny right to go see all these mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's not cheap and there was a while while i was keeping up with the spreadsheet of how much i spent at every concert and uh you know for some of them i had to guess what i spent but for the most part i have ticket stubs and stuff and i mean it was it was enough to pay for tuition for like a year of school uh it was pretty yeah. crazy yeah yeah um so I mean, it definitely adds up, but I mean, I, I try to be smart about it. I try to budget it. It's like I was saying, I, you know, I, I look at what shows are selling, what shows are not selling. Right. Um, so I can have a pretty good idea of like, you know, I don't have to buy that ticket right when it goes on sale. I can probably wait a little while, wait till the next paycheck. Um, and, you know, and two, I don't, I don't have to sit in the front row. I don't have to sit in the first 20 rows. You know, the thing is to me, like, just find a spot where it sounds good. You know, typically back of the house, you know, straight back sounds really good in most venues. Um, and, you know, those tickets are a little bit cheaper. So a lot of times, and, you know, too, I mean, there's, there's ways to get into shows for free. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's workarounds and there's ways to get discounts. And for sure, you know, when you have local venues, uh, you know, and you spend as much time at them, you start to get to know the staff. Sure, I mean, that's sure. my first year in, uh, in college. Uh, I went to like 70 shows or something like that. And I was a college student without a job. And I purely went to that many just because we got to know the venue staff and they nice. started us let, letting us in the back door. And yeah, yeah. You know, some of them let us like, they would like give us a pile of posters and say, put up these posters. You can go to the shows this week for free. You know, so it was just, there's ways to get around it. You know, now that we're a little more financially stable than I was in college, uh, you know, it's definitely nicer to be able to say like, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we went to see Elton John. It was my wife's birthday to, uh, uh, present for uh, 2020 and it got rescheduled. And so we had, we're like 20 rows back for Elton John and, you know, it's the things like that are really nice now, you know, you know, to be able to do a gift like that, that's real big, but yeah, I mean, Ticketmaster, it, it, it's hard because touring is how musicians make their money now. Right. Uh, and they, they don't do it by record sales like they did 30, 40 years ago. So, I mean, I, I hate the bump in price, but you know, they, they have a standard of living that they want to maintain. And a lot mm -hmm. of them, 
paying alimony and all sorts of child support and stuff. Yeah, and, that's the sad they, truth. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they yeah. got to make their money too somehow. So, Absolutely. I mean, if, like you said, if you want to see Neil Young, you're going to shovel out the money for it. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, there's there's ways to be smart about it and you can budget for it and plan for it. And, you know, that's that's how I did it. That's awesome. No, cool. And there's, there's something thrilling that's just so, so rock and roll about, you know, getting let, let in the back door, you know what I mean? And that the 11th hour, like, or is this guy, is this, you know, just waiting, like you, you, you can kind of hear the bass thumping through the wall a little bit and you're just like, oh, hey, yeah. is somebody going to let me in? Like, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. Door opens like, dude, that's so like rock oh, yeah. and roll, get that adrenaline of like, <laughs> kind of like you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. I don't know. That's super cool, man. So thanks for sharing that story. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, t- you touched on a little bit uh, earlier about like, you know, seeing a band kind of from their, well, not quite their inception, but right before they, they start kind of getting their legs and, you know, it's kind of the hipster mentality of like, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I, I liked them before they were cool or whatever. Not so much that, mm-hmm. I just wanted to use the hipster joke, but the, uh, the evolution of bands, <laughs> ha- have you seen, have you been on sort of that ground level with some of these bands and then you're like the proud papa that sees sees them, you know, like, have you seen somebody like, say, in a nightclub and then, you know, two, three years down the road, they're like in the arena and you're just like, man, I've seen these guys from sure. from the ground up. Like, yeah, t- talk a little bit about those experiences and how, how cool that must be. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Moon Taxi's the the biggest one that I've okay. probably seen. You know, I, yeah. I haven't seen like a John Mayer or a Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I mean, you know, and time will tell. I've seen a lot of younger artists now lately these last few years. Uh, so you know, I'll see how they rise. I mean, like another one was like I saw Taylor Swift in 2010. Mm. You know, she was she was an arena star then, but but she was opening up for somebody. Oh wow! Um, yeah. You know, so that was kind of weird. Yeah. And so, I mean, like the next time I saw her, she was selling out an arena. And then, you know, a couple of years later, she's selling out stadiums. So, I mean, sure. and it was weird too, because the crowd, none of the crowd was there for her, not a single soul. And, you know, they were, it was for a televised performance before a, an NFL game. And, you know, you have this crowd that's completely against her and almost booing her. Wow. And she's standing on the stage during a commercial break. And, you know, nobody's acknowledging her. And now you think about, like, she's literally the biggest name in music right yeah, now. right. And there was a time when she was standing on the stage and everybody was on the verge of flipping her the bird. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, you know, but I mean, like, you know, it, it, I love, you know, it, you joked about the hipsters, but, like, I love to hear those stories. Like, totally we, uh, I mean, my dad and I, my, we were seeing the Eagles and the guy behind us just started talking. He's like, yeah, I saw Bruce Springsteen uh, in a bar in like 1971 and like you know i was like dude tell me more like i gotta hear the story uh and so i mean like i don't you know people that do it to like boost their ego like they suck but i mean the stories are great like it's so cool to hear about bands when they're when they're in that stage and you know i i've been lucky enough with moon taxi and you know that taylor swift story and i'm sure there's others if i really thought about it a little bit harder Uh, but yeah i mean you know that's i can think like margo price she's another one i saw in like a little lounge uh, she's cool. kind of up and coming in country music. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to see them in that environment just to see how their stage grows and how their presence grows. Because well, a lot of times they're so hungry, they're just given a great show without all the lights and the extras and all that kind of stuff. And it's just about the music when you're in those smaller venues. Oh, totally. Totally. I got a couple of quick ones for you just because you do like the stories. So a buddy of mine lives in Vancouver, like Vancouver, B.C., and his older brother uh, was a big concert goer, but specifically just sort of the nightclubs that were in and around. So his top two that I, I remember uh, coming, actually there's three good ones. He had, uh, so the White Stripes, and it was one of their first shows they put on. And they said it was like in some nightclub, and I think there was like eight people 
in there. And he was like, it was, he hadn't even heard Very of this. Cool. Yeah. So you just got to see them. Uh, he got to see, uh, I think it was, I forget who opened for who, but um, I think it was Rage Against the Machine opened for Tool, like on that first leg where they were oh, just wow. like in a nightclub, wow. you know, in front of, again, like 40 people kind of thing where they were yeah. just kind of getting there. And finally he saw um, Pearl Jam when they were still Mookie Blaylock for that first like couple weeks or couple oh, months whoa. opening for Allison Chains because of whoa. course they just, you know, hop up to Vancouver from Seattle. So he actually has the show poster yeah. with like Mookie Blaylock written on it. I'm like, whoa. dude, that's craziness. So those are pretty interesting. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Right? That was, that's, that's cool stuff. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure. I didn't want to step on your, but you just mentioned, do you like those kind of stories? I'm like, I got to share these ones. Cause they're pretty, pretty badass for sure. No, man, I, I got goosebumps. I love it. Wicked. That's awesome. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask you, I, I tried to kind of obviously cover some of the, uh, maybe not as, as typical questions, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be some really cool, like probably standard questions that you're used to, but, uh, so let's get into these. Uh, these are still going to be fun. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Uh, favorite genre or genres. What is like, or do you have one or do you, are you just like a, a love mm. lover of, of, you know, live music? That, that's a really tough question, actually. I never thought about it uh, too in depth. I, I mean, it, I, you know, my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. It's like primarily like psychedelic rock. Oh, cool. I want to say, yeah. uh, you know, I'm a really big, I'm a really, really big fan of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They're, I, I discovered them in 2019 and just fell in love with them. And then they started the bootlegger program last or 2020. And, you know, I just, I can't get enough of them. So I listen to them a lot, but I mean, I, I do love like, probably rock just in general. I mean, mm. I grew up on classic rock radio, grew yeah. up on Elvis. Nice. Uh, so a lot of my roots are kind of in that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I, that's, I try to, I talk about this in one of my episodes in the new season that's coming out. It's just, you know, I was at a ZZ top concert and I started think as I was leaving, it was the first time I ever noticed the age gap between me and the rest of the audience. Oh. And I started thinking, you know, for a lot of these people, this was probably their first and last concert seeing this band, mm. you know, them going, you know, they're in their sixties and seventies. Yeah. So they probably saw ZZ top in their twenties, you know, teens and it's their first show. And with their age, it's likely that they may not be around for another show mm. is sad. And you know, that sounds, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, for me, that's since I was such a classic rock fan, it made me start thinking like, who am I going to be seeing when I'm their age? Like, am I going to, like, I don't, I'm not very well equipped on who the big bands are these days. So it really challenged me to like branch out and start listening to more relevant and mm. current music. And it really gave me appreciation of a, like a lot of things that I never would have given credence to years ago. Like I, I went and saw Harry Styles last year mm. and I mean, like I would have never done that. Yeah. Uh, and it was a fantastic show. Fantastic show. Uh, and I'm not even ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, it was a really eye-opening experience, but I mean, to answer your question, I, I, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, like, there's something special to be found in every song. It may not right, be right. most special to you, but for somebody it's special. And there's something that you can appreciate and glean from every song and every artist to understand and appreciate the art that they're mm -hmm. making. Um, you know, and there's just, when it comes to your favorite band, you appreciate it more. Yeah. So I, I try to take that when I listen to music, I try to say like, what's good about this song or this artist. And that kind of helps me keep an open mind about things. And, you know, that said, like, there's still some genres I can't get a grasp on that. I, I just don't connect with, um, you know, I, like I, I don't know much about hip hop or mm. R and B for that yeah. sake. Uh, and it's, you know, I I've tried some and I've connected to some of it, but a lot of it, it's just, I don't understand it well enough to appreciate it. Like I mm. should. Yeah. Okay. So therefore I just, yeah. 
yeah. So, you know, that's a lot of it. It's just, you know, trying to find something to appreciate and everything. Very good answer. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I and because it's, it's funny because I always found and I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of that as net well now, like I just turned 40 last summer. And uh, I'm reminding myself of my dad when he was my age, uh, where he was just like, okay, he was Zeppelin, Hendrix, and The Doors. He was always showing me this stuff. And I'm trying to show him the stuff that I'm liking. And he likes it to a degree. Like he's, he, he likes some of the 90s grunge. That's what I grew up on, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam's my favorite mm-hmm. band, right? That, this kind of stuff. And he was like somewhat receptive to it. But then after a certain period, like in the 90s, he just like would not listen to any new music whatsoever. And I was kind of getting into that stage. So that's super cool. You're kind of going the opposite way. You had that story where you mentioned about the ZZ Top <laughs> concert. You're like, hold on a second. Like, what's the longevity yep. of me continuing to watch these concerts unless I open my, <laughs> my brain to what's actually exactly. going on? So, dude, kudos to you for doing that because, um, you know, a lot of people, that, as the older they get, they they just shut off from it. So that's cool. And I'd really like that that idea because... I don't know how it is for you. It's actually be interesting to, to see your take on this where people that like music almost more than any other sort of genre of art or anything like that become very either protective slash judgmental as, as far as uh, like you were saying, I'm not even ashamed to admit it, like to go to concerts, but some people are like, they yep. almost want to shame you for certain things like, Oh, you like yep. that band? They suck. Like the Nickelback thing. Like, oh, don't fuck Nickelback. Yeah. You know what I mean? And being hard on bands. What is your sort of take on that? And how do you, uh, I guess, deflect that? Like, you seem like you want to just kind of keep things positive and see the the, the best. Have the, uh, you know, these artists are putting themselves out there. So, and if even if it's not your personal taste, you can still see past that and go, this is going to connect with somebody. So, uh, well, yeah, I guess what's your take on the whole, like, yeah. you know, uh, I guess the ego, egoic side of, of music fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of gatekeeping. Uh, it's mm. it's really uncool when people, especially with something like art, art should be accessible. Art should be for everyone. Uh, and it's really uncool when fans or fan bases try to keep somebody out. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of like the Stan armies that come after people if you insult like their artists and things like that. Like, uh, it, it's not cool at all. I, I don't believe there's such thing as guilty pleasures. You should be free to like what you like. That's cool, um, yeah. And, and during the pandemic, during the pandemic, you know, I was so desperate for live music that there was a, um, a parking lot show over in Nashville and I called my buddy and I was like, dude, we got to go. And it was Brad Paisley. And like, it's, that's a brand of country that I just don't get into. Uh, I can understand why people like it. It's accessible. It's fun. It's good summer weather music. It's just not for me, but we went and we had the absolute best time. Like we just danced and had, I mean, granted we'd been like six months since we'd seen a concert. So we were just over like so eager to be back yeah but you know it's just lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was such a great experience. And, you know, I went and saw Brad Paisley again last year. And I, I was like, I don't even care. Like, this is a ridiculous crowd. I'm not like, you know, it's just wild. But yeah, I had a good time. So who cares? Like, totally. you know, if you can have totally. a good time, what's it really matter? You know, there's no point in keeping somebody out just because you think it sucks. Like, well, your tastes suck because you can't appreciate something else. Ooh, very good soundbite. Fuck, you nailed it. That was great. That was really good. I like that. <laughs> uh, so you you kind of talk about uh, how important is it for you? Do you have like a crew of, uh, you know, guys or gals that are concert goers with you? Do you have like, okay, do you have it sort of in, in mind? This is genre or this person's coming. Okay, I'm going to call these three people. Like, do you have some like group text going on? What does that look like for you? Do you have sort of a, a you know, a, a, a crew that go, go with you to these shows? Hmm. So you, you, you saying that makes me go back to one of your other questions and remember something. So when I was in college, the black keys came to, I was, I went to school at the university of Mississippi, which Ole Miss and Oxford, uh, it's about an hour and a half South of Memphis. Uh, and so the black keys were coming to Memphis and they were playing a little 1200 person club. Nice. And I wanted to go so bad, but I couldn't find anybody to go with me. So I didn't go. Oh. And so the next thing I know, I know it, man. Uh, like, so that's, stuck with me for so long and like that's most of my regrets in life or musical experiences like that that i missed uh so that was kind of a defining moment where i was like you know what i'm going alone i'm not gonna waste my time waiting for somebody to go with me yeah sure um so yeah mo most shows i go to by myself uh my wife goes to a decent amount with me she's probably like 20 percent maybe uh you know she you know a lot of the like fish and stuff like that she can't really get into it all um so i don't make she likes a lot of the more like james taylor elton john and i'm oh, like nice. yeah that's cool we'll go see them that's great stuff yeah absolutely. yeah so she's got good taste um so but i you know i have a couple of buddies uh that i'll call like i got a good buddy named cody uh that he's pretty open-minded and goes to a lot of shows with me and uh he's got kids so it's a little harder for him most of the time but he tries to go when he can especially if it's here in memphis and you know in the area uh, but yeah, most of the shows I go by myself and I, you know, I meet people, I get to talk to people from all over, uh, you know, they're what's it, what's fight club say the, the single yeah. serving friends or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. You know, kind of like yeah. that. For sure. <laughs> that's so, but yeah, I mean, I love going alone. You, yeah. That's uh that's part of the experience I think though too, especially like you having the, the, the people skills that you, that were sort of based on like that, that job they had, uh, you know, in, uh, like for the, the, the whole like Elvis, uh, I don't know exactly what you would have called it, but yeah, like your ability to speak with and interact with uh, people from all over the world uh, with the commonality of, of musical taste, you already sort of have that from like previous jobs that you had. So you got no issues going in there and mixing it up with, uh, you know, complete strangers and, you know, everybody's there for the same reason, right? So it's everybody's in that same state. Everybody's excited. Everybody's having a good time. So what a better way to meet some, some new people and have, have some fun that way, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what you, since you said you love Pearl Jam so much, I can tell you like the, the reason I saw Pearl Jam for the first time was because I was at a concert by myself and I started talking, I, I've loved Pearl Jam since 2004 or something. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, and so I was talking to this guy at a concert and I was just telling him, you know, I've seen Bob Dylan. I've seen the Eric Clapton. I've seen all that. He's like, well, who haven't you seen? And I was like, well, I really want to see Pearl Jam. 
He was like, I've seen them. I've seen them. I got that on you. And he like just rubbed it in my face that he had seen Pearl Jam and I hadn't. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to go see Pearl Jam now because you just rubbed this in my face so hard. And nice. so, I mean, like, I didn't know that guy. I've never seen that guy ever again. But like that, like literally like yeah. the next tour that Pearl Jam came out with, yeah. I was like, I'm going, I got to get to that show Oh man. all because of that guy. <laughs> it's like a spite, uh, spite purchase. You're like, I'm yes. going to this show now. It really was. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure it was. It really uh, was. I'm sure it was worth it though. Like Pearl Jam, they put on a, a hell of a show. Oh. Dude, great show eddie vedder great is, show eddie vedder is tops i mean we can get a little bit into like uh you know live performances if you were to, actually this is a good way to kind of segue into this because we we're talking you mentioned about the pandemic there so uh did you find that your uh your live performances as far as like youtube videos of live performances obviously not the same but did you find there was an uptick in going back into the uh the, you know the catalog so to speak and watching some classic performances from yesteryear is that sort of how you satiated your uh your music, uh, you know, live experience taste is kind of pumping it on your home theater s system there. Or like what, what, what was your go around for the pandemic? So it started with a lot of live streams, uh, like a lot of bands like fish and widespread panic and the grateful dead did a bunch of like, they replayed old shows and stuff like that. And I started watching those. And then after like a couple of weeks, it just got too sad. Uh, the reality of the situation started setting in and it was just, I could tell it was going to be a minute before music came back and it just made me too sad to watch them. Uh, but oddly enough, I turned to bootlegs. Uh, oh. We have, we call it redneck yacht club. We put a little inflatable <laughs> pool in the backyard and just kind of hang out there during the, <laughs> on the weekends during the summer. Rad. Uh, I love it. But so like I would set up my stereo system outside and just listen to bootlegs like uh, Tom Petty and just, I mean, Fleetwood Mac and all these classic rock artists. I just find these bootlegs and listen to them. And that really tied me over in a lot of ways um, you know, I've loved bootlegs way before that, but it was just, it, I found a new love for bootlegs during that. And of course, King Gizzard comes along and announces their bootleg program. Uh, so it was just a really good year for bootlegs for me. Um, but I mean, I think I still saw somehow, I still saw like 25 shows in 2020. Really? Uh, and only like, uh, yeah, only like a handful of them were before the shutdown. Uh, you know, there was a lot of social distance shows. I mean, just to show my dedication, there was a couple of pod shows here in Memphis. Uh, you know, it was like six people pods. It was like $600 for like a pod. And I was like, I'm not going to drop that kind of cash. Yeah. So I ended up getting, getting my lawn chair and going and sitting outside the gate and just nice. listening to the shows. I couldn't see anything. It sounded like crap, but I could feel <laughs> the music. I could feel yeah. the vibes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was, so, I mean, I think, I, I think it was somewhere around 22, 25 shows. Um, I still got to go that year and really picked up last year. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, music finds a way. I mean, that's the great yeah. thing about it is that you can see it in person or you can feel it at home. You know, it's yeah. still, it's everywhere. Dude, really cool stories. Really cool stories. I love that. Was it the Redneck Yacht Club you call it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Awesome. We call it the Redneck <laughs> Yacht Club. We, it's just oh, man. a little inflatable pool. Like it's like a six foot yeah. inflatable pool. We fill it up and yeah, we yeah. get some drinks, a little cooler, <laughs> some stereo. Oh. Yeah, we're just hanging out in the backyard, man. Dude, I can totally picture it. As soon as you said it, I'm like picturing it in behind you, like kind of down in your backyard there. That's rad. Uh, the reason I brought up the, the awesome. concerts, uh, the, the, you know, the, I guess the YouTube concerts or like you're, you're mentioning some of the other ones. And we just with Pearl Jam on the subject of Pearl Jam. My absolute all-time tippy-top favorite live performance of all time is Pearl Jam Unplugged. I'm assuming you've mm. – have you watched it before? 
I've heard, yep, yep, oh, I have it dude. on vinyl. It's oh really? It's yep. fuck, it's effing amazing. Yep. Like the version of black, like where he does at the very end with the mm. we belong together, man, it gives you goosebumps, yep. right? Like so I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so good. Oh my god. That's what like what got me into wanting to sing. Like I I, I performed in a band and sing. It was like I remember just singing right on with Eddie Vedder through like the whole performance of and that's how I kind of got my you know, my voice uh, warmed up and so forth was like was doing that. Just had such a profound effect on me. That one and I I really enjoyed nice. um you know all the the unplugged obviously from from back in the day that's just kind of what i grew up on like i mentioned i i uh the one moment because like live music to me is it's performance but it's like picking out certain moments right and that's what rock music is mm -hmm. if to me it's like it's moments almost right so uh one other one that i can think of is at the very end of, of uh nirvana unplugged with the uh where did you sleep mm -hmm. last night where Kurt Cobain holds yeah. that one note and he closes his eyes and takes this big breath and then yeah. like his eyes come open and it's like werewolf kind of stuff. I'm like, whoa, yeah. what happened there? Yeah. Like, like, dude, that's the kind of stuff that just, whew, giving me goosebumps talking about yeah. it. But I just wanted to share those. Those are my, <laughs> those are my like, no, uh, that's, that's yeah, great, man. That's, that's cool. Um, speaking, I guess, so if, let's get back to the actual like live, putting yourself back in the live concerts here. What would be like your Mount Rushmore, like your top four mm. concerts of all time oh that's a good one so definitely paul mccartney Ooh. is number one no, it's oh, that was really I, i'm a yeah I, I really don't like I, I try to wait after a concert to say like that was a good show or a bad show just because I, you know the last song when you walk out of the venue you just heard their biggest hits you know, the light shows typically at its biggest. They shot the confetti canyon. You're hyped up off all that just wild energy. So you're like, yeah, best show ever. And it's like, well, that middle part kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, but Paul McCartney, walking out of that show, I, I was like, that's hands down the best show I'll ever see in my life. Really? And it, it wasn't necessarily, and it wasn't necessarily that it was Paul. It was the Beatles songs mm. and to have one of the Beatles singing them. Sure. Uh, it's just, I mean, I, I love the Beatles. I adore them. I, it's my dad's favorite band and I got to go with my dad. And, you know, it's just to hear those songs live. It, you can't, you can't beat them sung by an original Beatle. Totally. Or not that there was any other Beatles, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that was hands down. Number one, Rolling Stones was number two. Um, that was just, I mean, they, they have so many just great classic rock songs, oh, for uh, sure. you know, it, it's like a Scorsese song and or you know a Scorsese movie in concert basically, right? Uh, yeah, but no, good call. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they were great. Uh, I saw my morning jacket last year Ooh. for the first time, and I, I was just blown away. That's that's definitely in the top five. Um, there was a I saw Neil Young, and he came out and opened with a forty minute down by the river. Yeah, and it was just it was one of. It was one of the best things of it. I mean, like I love jamming, so I was just eating it up. Uh, so I mean, that whole and like we were on the Mississippi River when the show was happening, oh, and, man. Just, and he like he came out late, and he was only supposed to, he played like an hour plus curfew. It was like one in the morning when he finished playing, so it was so great. Uh, and you know, it was raining, it was just great wow. night. Wow. I'm trying to think of trying to think of like. I mean, those are really like the top four that come to mind. Stand up. I, I mean, there's just been so many. Yeah, I mean, there's just been so many. And like, you know, I, I try to pick like my top five from every year that I go to and stuff. And it's just each one is so special in their own way. Uh, it, it's it's so hard to pick out like an absolute favorite because, I mean, in a lot of ways, you're comparing apples and oranges. Like, sure. How sure. do you compare Paul McCartney to like rain wolf or like a smaller yeah. club band or something like that. Like you just can't. Sure. And so you kind of have to compare like 
you know, what was this Rolling Stones performance like versus this one? Because mm. I got to see the Rolling Stones again last year. And it's mm. like the first time was better. I mean, Charlie Watts was there. Sure. And, you know, I was reading at the time I was reading Keith Richards autobiography. So oh, I had all cool. this context to all the songs. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was way like way more special. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, each show is so special in their own right. I mean, like like I was talking about Harry Styles, like that was like the crowd of that show. It was my first taste into like what Beatles mania had to mm, been like. Totally. And just to see that kind of thing and that kind of experience is like, how do you compare that against something else? It's just so special in its own right. For sure. Yeah, yeah. They are kind of independent yeah. of each other. I like uh, I like your take on it as far as comparing a band's performance to the next time you see mm -hmm. them. That seems a little more fair, yeah. right? In a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of like, uh, and I, I, I'm going to go back to the kind of the beginning of the interview where you mentioned seeing Kiss a few times and you could almost mm -hmm. see them, you know, their, their performance kind of uh, start tiring out or lagging towards the end. Uh, do you also find, I always found it's, uh, it's interesting. I always sort of analyze bands uh, as far as their in-between song banter how rehearsed it comes off like because you can that's where you can kind of pinpoint you're saying the same jokes every you know every yeah. set or if it's organic and you're actually yeah. having a genuine moment with the audience you can really tell when somebody's oh. kind of uh so that's i always found that interesting too uh what is your what yeah. is your uh i guess your take on that is that something that you kind of look at it's sort of a nuanced spot i, I know it's a little bit nitpicky but i always found that sort of fascinating you can kind of tell how genuine mm -hmm. a performer is as if he's like off like off the script kind of thing versus like clearly after this song you're gonna say hey st louis or whatever town you're in blah blah blah. it's like paint by numbers mm -hmm. i guess yeah what's your take yeah. on like in between song banter might be a weird question but no no no. that's a great question actually uh i haven't been asked that one and i love it so i mean you're absolutely right kiss i mean it's the exact same thing in every single town yeah and i mean and i mean but the thing is about like kiss like you expect it and you, to a certain degree, you want it. Like, I, I mean, it's just that stadium rock pandering that, like, <laughs> I, I came in wanting him to say, like, just to interchange the city and the, the yeah, pandering. And, fair enough. you know, that's just, that's just, that's just part of it. Like, you know, like if I saw ACDC or something like that, I would expect it to be the same in every city. And that's okay. That's, that's what I came for. It's true, what I expect. True. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, I, when you're asking the question, I was thinking of like, I'm in a lot of fish communities online and, you know, there's a, there's a meme circulating about just kind of joke, like, you know, the band members never talk when they're on stage. They never talk to the audience. Uh, it's just purely music, you know, mm. like they might say, thank you, or we'll be back in 15 minutes from set break or whatever, huh. but they never talk. And so when they do talk to the audience, the crowd loses their mind. Like yeah. they just freak out because like they're talking to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like there was, <laughs> Like when I saw him last year, like Trey Anastasio, the guitarist, just he started making jokes at the end of the show. And we're like, oh, my God, Trey's feeling it tonight. Like he's talking to us. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you can definitely tell how much the artist is feeling the show by what they're saying and how they're engaging with the audience. Um, you know, I, I will on the other end, like I hate when artists get preachy. Mm. Um, I really hate when they get preachy. Like Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
you know, I'm, I'm no Trump supporter at all, but I, I skipped Roger Waters tour because I knew he was going to get preachy on stage. And it's just right. like, man, like we all don't like Trump. Like you can, you don't have to do this. Like sure. you, you don't, ha- yeah. we all know, like just play the songs. We're here yeah. to hear another brick in the wall. Like yeah, not we, your we can get our Trump opinion. hate at home. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, so, I mean, that that's, that's a lot of it. it, but you know, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. Like, you definitely can tell when an artist is feeling it by the banner. And I've never thought about it like that, but that's a really good point. Nice. That's cool. Cool. I want to get a little bit into, um, I, and I don't want to get into like, uh, it's, it's not hating on anybody, but I, I want to get in a little bit into, I guess what we call like the blooper reel. Cause certainly somewhere along the lines, you've seen some, <laughs> uh, some funny stuff go down, whether it's, uh, sure. yeah, it's some sort of blooper reels, just whether it's even in this, in the, uh, the audience, uh, cause that's, that's live music, man. It's live, live yeah. all night long. So like what kind of, uh, sure. uh, funnier sort of off color entertaining stuff have you seen from whether it's <laughs> bands or in the audience? Uh, so the, the first thing that came to mind, there's two stories. The first one was I was in college and we were at a, at the, the local theater in town that had, it was hold like 1200 people but government mule was playing Mm. and we'd gotten there really early and we were front row we'd been on we had our elbows on the stage and uh all of a sudden we just started feeling people pushing us from behind uh you know it was a college town people were drunk it was pretty common so we just turned around thinking it's a drunk girl trying to get our spots and it's just more people pushing and shoving and so we start peeking around and there's this like circle pit that's formed and there is a dude but naked. I mean, just free willy. And he is bouncing corner to corner in this circle pit. And finally, one of the security guards comes up, puts him in a chokehold, slams him on the ground and drags him out with his butt, just scraping the ground the whole way. And then the next day we, uh, the next day we were talking to some people that were out like at the show and yeah. they said they were standing outside the venue and all of a sudden yeah. security just drags out a dude that's butt naked and throws him in the middle of the street. And it's oh. like, they didn't even bring his clothes. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, he didn't yeah. have his shoes. I'm like, you just threw a dude naked out into the middle of this town. Like, wow. I mean, the dude was probably just tripping his face off and right, just right. gave him the worst night ever. Oh, but yeah, man. It was, and I mean, I even remember, like, <laughs> I remember looking, like, I saw the guy, I saw his junk. I look up at Warren Haynes. I'm like, dad, what do we think about this? Like, what's going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> and he, I could just tell he was up there, like, shredding, like, yeah. what is this guy doing? Like, right. It was so funny. Right. Oh, that's good. That is good. Oh man. Yeah. So my other story, my other story doesn't even top that. I'm just not going to even tell it. It's not even worth it. Right. That That one. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that's a tops. That's a tops for sure. That's hilarious. (laughs) Have you had any, uh, any concerts that you were, I guess we've talked about the, the the tippy top ones, any ones that were a disappointment that you're just like, you know what? Uh, not super, not cool there. Like I didn't appreciate their performance. They were doing, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. of shoegazing, no, no interaction. Was there any uh, bands that disappointed? that you were surprised about? Uh, yeah. Like I said, Bon Jovi sucked. Yeah, um, it, it was just a really, it really disappointing. Yeah. Really disappointing. And I'm not a big Bon Jovi fan. I just, it was a $20 ticket. My mm. wife was out of town. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, he's got a lot of hits. Let's check it out. He was really disappointing. Uh, heart was surprisingly disappointing. Yeah, that is um, good. they, they, they didn't play as many, like they have a lot of hits and they didn't play a lot of them. It was just hmm. kind of a weird, a weird gig. Um, trying to think of who else, you know, I, I mean, and, you know, it's, it's more, a lot of times shows that I don't enjoy or, or ones that I'm unfamiliar with the artists. And it's like, my friend has 
dragged me to the show. Sure. You know, we'll be at a festival or something. And it's, it's, you know, he's like, you know, I'll go see this band. If you come see this band, I'm like, all yeah. right, fine. Show you know, swap. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of it, but I mean, you know, the first time I saw Santana, it was kind of like we were talking about with kiss. It was just very rehearsed mm. and I was kind of, I wasn't really feeling it just because it was so rehearsed. Uh, but I mean, I saw him again a couple of years ago and it was just a fantastic show. He nice. absolutely great performance. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot of it. A lot of times with performances that I don't enjoy or I don't view as well as others, it's just because it's my perspective. It's not the artist. Yeah. Uh, you know, I completely. think it's more so I don't, I don't understand or appreciate what they're doing tonight, or this isn't in my level of appreciation. So for me to enjoy this, I would have to revisit this in some capacity. Um, so I, I try not to pin it on the artist. I can't think of too many artists where they were just too hammered to play. Or, yeah. You know, sure, they made okay. any, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, there's really been very few of those. I mean, I, I remember seeing the Foo Fighters a couple of years ago and Dave Grohl was fairly drunk on stage, but I made him with Dave Grohl. He just made it a lot more fun. Right. Uh, yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, a lot of times if, you know, like I was saying, like if it's a bad performance, it's typically on me. It's not on the band in a lot of ways. No, that makes sense. I like, a, I got, and I respect what you say. You definitely keep things positive. That's why I didn't want to get, you know, obviously to get, uh, you know, no, get, no, man. Oh, that's, I mean, I can, no, yeah. I can be negative. I mean, if we, if you really want me to be negative, I can. No, no, no. And that's yeah, what I, I mean. To... Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate uh, basically what I'm saying is like, I appreciate your, uh, your take on it too. It's a refreshing. I just wanted to see if there's any, uh, like, I guess what you mentioned, the Bon Jovi, right. But aside from that, like you say, it's more, it's more, I, I love what you say. It's, it's a really good answer. It's more perspective, whether it's, you don't quite understand it's something you can maybe revisit. You don't understand where they're coming from at that particular time, or you're not familiar with the, the artist's work. And it's just kind of, okay, well, everybody's singing along and you're like oh yeah this is literally the first time i've heard the song so you know it's it's yeah there's a little bit of a detachment there for sure for sure uh, i mean i think to you saying that kind of made me think about like a good example i saw bob dylan in 2006 i was still mm. a teenager and a lot of my perception of bob dylan was early 60s bob dylan totally. the acoustic troubadour the protest singer yeah and he's up there behind a keyboard. He's completely rearranged all the songs. So they're unrecognizable, yep. you yep. know, then like literally two weeks ago, I was listening to the bootleg of that show. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this was a great show. Mm. And for like 15 years, I've sat here. Like that was a bad show. Right. It was just my perspective. My perspective was off. So yeah. I, I think that's a really good example of that. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I would have seen Bob Dylan right in around that time. I want to say it was 2008. And I remember it, similar it, i kind of had a similar take where i was like i don't know what i was expecting i just knew it was, it was bob dylan it's kind of one of those things you're just going to show up mm -hmm. as bob dylan and the presence he had walking yeah. out on stage uh, you know he's kind of like you know he's by this time he's, he's fairly aged and whatnot but just the presence he had walking out and just like there's like this hush and it's just crazy the yeah. amount of like command that he has over like his domain uh but yeah to your point oh, it was yeah. the same thing darcy and i were a little bit uh i don't know a little bit disappointed like we enjoyed it but yeah, to your point, it was like, like you say, he's almost like redone these songs. And can you blame the guy? I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know, these songs are literally from the 60s, right? So, and he's, he's yeah. still playing them. There's just a different take on it. So, no, yeah, really good uh, perspective on that. Thanks. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah, man.
Yeah, basically, as we wind down here, just a couple of quick other questions for you. But uh, yeah, dude, I've very much enjoyed this interview. So uh, thanks so much for coming Yeah, this has show. been great. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, and we're definitely going to have you back on. We were talking about it sort of a little pre preamble pre-interview that we did. We'll have you back on to do uh, your your actual 10 albums here in the future as well. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Pick your, uh, pick your brain on that as well. Have you met anybody? Have you got any kind of like backstage passes or any kind of like privileges that way where you got to meet some of these, uh, you know, some of your like uh, your favorite artists and how and if so, how did that go? Yeah, I've met several artists. Uh, I met Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. I actually met him at a Casey Musgraves concert. Um, One of his artists, Yola, was the opener. So I guess he had gotten in because of that. But I I was going to get my wife a drink and I walked by him and he was going to get peanuts. And I was like, whoa, Dan. And he's like, hey, man. And so we took a picture together. Cool. Uh, But I mean, like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of. Like I met little Steven, Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. He, Crazy. He did a solo gig. Yeah, he did a solo gig here in Memphis. And so uh, I waited around at, backstage and met him. Um, you know, I, I've met Margo Price. Uh, trying to think of cool. Warren Haynes a couple of times. Really? Uh, I actually interviewed Warren Haynes. Yeah, no I, met, way. I, I was a reporter for, yeah, I was a reporter for my school newspaper in college. And when government, whenever bands would come through town, I'd get to interview them. They'd usually send them my way. Uh, so I got right. to interview Warren Haynes. It was really cool. We talked about like Tom Rush and blues and stuff. It was a really fun interview. Man, awesome. Um, yeah. And that's what, you know, I think about like when the Lyric Theater I was talking about earlier, like we, since we were on such good terms with the staff, uh, they would stink us backstage to say hello to artists. And, you know, it's a lot of mid-level kind of lower tier artists that were coming through. But I remember there was one occasion where like I'd gone up there to secure my ticket before the show and the, the girl was like, hey, if you want to meet Ween after the show tonight, you know, we, we can get you in to see Ween. And I was like, OK, cool. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd been seeing this girl and she, she I was going out of town the next night. It was when I was going to see Kiss for the first time. Mm. And she texted me during the show. I was like, hey, I really want to see you again tonight before you leave town. And she was like, when's your show over? And I was like, at 11. And she was like, well, meet me in the parking lot at 11 when the show's over. I'll be there. Yeah. And so I, I went and I, I saw her instead. <laughs> and then like a week later, I run yeah. into the staff at the show. And they're like, where were you? Ween was hanging out. We were drinking beer with Diener. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was with this girl that I yeah. found out was cheating on me the whole time. Oh, and, you know, I completely missed the opportunity. So, yeah. Man. So I could have hung out with Diener. But, uh, you know, it's all good. You know, yeah. I, I've met plenty of other really cool artists. I met Jeff Coffin. Um, you know, saxophonist for Bella Fleck and Dave Matthews Band. And, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Know, I, I can, yeah, so, I mean, just a lot of, I mean, they're pretty available after shows if you kind of hang out. That was a big thing we'd do in college is hang out by the tour bus and wait for them to come out. Nice. Um, so, nice. yeah, yeah, it, you know, college was the good old days. Yeah, man. And you're catching them at on such a high, too, right? Like, I mean, you, you might get oh, the, yeah. the odd person will be like, yeah, yeah, this is my time, shoe off. But the majority of people are going to be like, hey, how did you, you know what I mean? Be very personable, I would assume, anyways. Yeah, the Black Crows, we we hung out after they played the lyric too, and we hung out after the show. We rushed out there and they were very like go away, stand mm, back. They I were, they, were pre- they were pretty uncool. Yeah, they were pretty uncool. Um in the the one of the openers, we actually met him waiting out there hoping to get an autograph, and one of the openers came up. He's like, Yeah, they're not coming out. You might as well give up. Like they're really? jerks. So I was like, Okay, wow, yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. so we moved up. Yeah, yeah, so we so we moved on. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And yeah, so Lance, where can we find you and your, your podcast, everything online here, uh, if anybody's uh, interested in uh, in subscribing to your uh, your show there? Yeah, uh, you can go to yesterdaysconcert.com. Uh, 
the name of the show is Yesterday's Concert. We're available on pretty much every single streaming platform. Uh, you know, of course, the big ones, Apple and Spotify. Um, so we got a new season coming out February 21st. Nice. Um, got about eight, ep- got eight episodes in that coming out, starting with Tom Petty. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, so yeah, check them out. Awesome, man. And thank you so much for your time tonight. And like I say, we'll get you back on in, in the coming weeks here. And, uh, we, and we'll get you to do uh, your 10 albums for us. Awesome. Thanks, man. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, man. It was a great talk, honestly. Like, uh, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't script much of this uh, just because I knew as soon as we started talking, I, I know you can probably see me writing down. I'm like, okay, there we go. That's the next <laughs> spot we'll go to. So just kind of jamming with you a bit. So uh, I appreciate it, dude. Absolutely. Really, uh, really nice meeting you. And we will definitely keep in touch. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.